Hey, it's Mike Cudlitz from The Walking Dead, Sergeant Abraham Ford, and you're listening to the Misinformation Podcast. Maybe you're not. I'm not really sure. Information podcast contains themes and subject matter that may be inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Misinformation Podcast by emailing misinformationpodcast at gmail.com or find us on the Twitters at Misinfo Podcast. Welcome to Misinformation Podcast, episode 261. With you, as always, I'm Zach. I'm Eric. Yo. Hello. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We tease them a lot when we got them on the spot. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. I have no... <laughs> and now they all just left. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's fine. I have no excuse. Uh, I, I have reasons. But I have no excuse. All right. It has been probably well over a month, has it not? I believe so. Um, since prior to our trip to Des Moines Wizard World. Yes. Uh, things have gotten very busy around. Just life has gotten busy around here. And we're trying to come up with a new schedule to counteract that clusterfuck. Doing wow. real well with that. Yeah, apparently. Doing, real well. Solid work on that front. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of stuff going on. Doing a lot of little side projects. Computer mm-hmm. work. Shit. That is just sucking my will to live right yeah, off man, my body. Me, yeah, I have not. <laughs> been doing anything no. extra, just hanging out. No, yep. I uh, recently applied for a second job, did not get it. Oh, yeah. that's dumb. So it is dumb, a little dumb. Not not happy about it, but that's life, I guess. It can be hurtful. Also not happy about needing a second job. Yeah. That's pretty No, shitty. that's what I meant was dumb. Yeah, well, you... uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to start donating plasma, though, just for some fuck-around money. Because, you know, it's kind of hard to, you, you go out and get a second job and then you just start spending on, on doing shit like going to movies and stuff. And it's hard to rationalize getting that second job just to do something like that. But if I donate plasma and get a second job and then use plasma donation for my fuck around money. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be a, yeah, $200 a month of fuck around money. I don't really do much. It's true. I don't either. Went to that movie today and spent a bunch of money. I'm kind of selfish though. I like my plasma. Eh, you don't need that. I don't know. It doesn't do nothing. Like, I don't, give it away. Just give it away. Give it away now? Yes. All right. Yeah, we did go to a movie, though. Yeah, we went, went and saw some Jurassic World today. Truth. Yeah, um, before we get into the Wizard World thing, what do you think about Jurassic World? This is a project of worlds today, it apparently. Is. Wizard it is. World, Jurassic World. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. But I wasn't blown away. I agree with all of those things. There, there were moments when I got goosebumps, though. Yeah. The first moment that when the when the Jurassic Park music swelled and mm-hmm. they showed the park or actually it was going through the gates of the park yeah. that did it for me. Um but there was some stuff. And I think we're out far enough now that uh if you haven't seen it um and have avoided spoilers for this long, I don't know how you did because every podcast that I listen to has Talked spo- about that spoiled the movie. I like I knew how it ended. Yeah. So it it, it is what Well, it and is. even if you didn't know how it ended, you knew how it ended. Like it was predictable. Oh yeah, yeah. Right down to the very last. Yeah, nothing really surprised yeah. me. Um, the only thing that kind of button hooked me was him getting the, the Raptors back. Yeah. After they turned against him. Yeah. Um, but again, that was another one of those problems for me. It's like they turned against him so easy, they killed all those people, and then they come right back to him. Yeah. Then why they turn against him? Because they were scared of the endowment. I, I don't know. If they were scared of it though. They made. They were like talking baby talk to it. Like. Yeah, it's like, I'm your daddy now, bitch. Yeah. Like, you disobey me and I can step on all well, of you. And, and they, they went back on a lot of things they said earlier in the movie when, you know, when Chris Pratt's character 
uh, goes on this monologue about how you can't raise an animal by itself and expect it to learn social skills. And yet this one had social yes. skills immediately. Yeah, immediately. It, it knew how to talk to all it, those other raptors. It, it would be a lot like uh, if you raised a, a kid who is a quarter Chinese all by himself in a house alone and you just dropped uh, Cocoa Puffs on the floor when it came time to feed it and then the kid comes out uh, at 12 years old and knows how to speak Chinese. Uh, or you just fucking hand feed a kid for his whole life and then you give him a bowl and a spoon one day and he knows how to use it. Immediately. He's just yeah. like, oh, I get it. Do yeah. this. But I, the, the reason I go to quarter Chinese yeah. is because the Adominus Rex was made up of like 20 different dinosaurs. Yeah. One of them being Velociraptor. Well, but clearly like he embraced, it's like Irish Fest. He embraced his, his Irish side right away. Like when the time called for it, I'm totally Irish. Right, but do any of those people all of a sudden know how to speak Irish? They think they do. I don't. It's they so, live like it's they so do. It's so weird for a to week, me. Like for a weekend. It, and 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 lots of movies do that. Like they'll yeah. throw an animal that's been raised by humans, never had any contact with other animals of its kind, and it'll communicate with animals in the wild. Mm-hmm. That, that animals learn to communicate from their parents yeah. they teach them you know and over time not right. instantly yeah and so it, i had a problem with that and then the problem that everybody has with it bryce dallas howard's uh, high-heeled shoes that bugged me but i i'm still really bugged by them getting that fucking 20 year old jeep to start not because yeah. they replaced the battery and whatever else but because they didn't put any new gas in it right that's tw- tried to start a fucking if you forget to put gas like fuel additive in your fucking mower yep. or your snow thrower for the season yep. it's not cooperative yeah, yeah you, you need fresh gas yeah you need a new spark plug yeah. and you need a kid and are we who, really who to really believe, knows what he's doing and here's another point we didn't even are we really to believe those tires didn't go flat oh yeah after 20 years yeah in the come jungle? on yeah. man yeah i would agree with that 100 percent. so but, just little yeah. things like that and i mean a fun movie yeah but but there are just there are a few times and it's like they, i'm they, really they, bummed that we didn't get any dr ian malcolm like, yeah, just even just, like a just cameo. Just for a second. Yeah. Like, I, I, I told just him, him. Just, just him sitting in his living room when news breaks and he's like, I told him. Like, God damn really? It. Again? Uh, you know, and... and or they, just, just him sitting there watching it and then just doing that laugh he did in the first... <laughs> well, and, and the frustrating thing... They had me, a little nod to him, though. Did you notice it? No. His chaos theory thing with the drops of water, how they'd roll a different way each time. When that, with the first time the Indominus Rex pops out, a drop of blood drops on that dude's wrist, and it rolls one way, and then another drop falls, and it rolls oh, the opposite see, way. I didn't even see that yeah. as being like a nod. I it was totally really? yeah. Um, the, the problem, the, all of the things that I had a problem with in the movie, I, one of the main reasons I had a huge problem with them was because they were they could have been easily solved. Oh yeah. Um, you know the the, the jeep, for example, in the first movie, half of their vehicles were electronic. Yeah. Just take uh, one of their those. electric vehicles. Just have it be an electric vehicle, and then they find a, a, a battery that they can slam into it. Yeah. I would. I would have bought that. Or the boots. How many times did they go back to the to like to the, any place? Yeah, the, the the part of the park that was for like with souvenir shops and shit. You're telling me they have no shoes, like, or boots boat or shoes or anything they're selling in any of those shops. She could have just thrown. Or that other chick who worked in the control center. She'd be like, Sally, give me your fucking boots. I'm not doing this. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Give me your Keds or your Chucks or whatever computer nerds wear. Like, give me, (laughs) give me one of those. I, I, I'm done. I'm done. Especially because Chris Pratt's character calls her out on those shoes. Uh, as soon as they go into the jungle, he's like, you can't be out here in those shoes. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he makes a joke about it, and then they do nothing to solve the problem. When they had, it could have just been a throwaway deal, and they're getting ready. Or she to get could have into... done that thing that chicks always do to show their badass, like pull her shoes off and rip the heels off of them real quick. You ever seen that where they just? Yeah, break I, the I have seen that. It doesn't work at all. But you know, because they didn't try any. That are all. No, it's better. It's no, better. No. It's better. They could have solved it. <laughs> you it feel like no you're problem. wearing a pair of biking shoes with the little clip thing. Yeah, under, clips so, on. Yeah, very uneven. <laughs> yeah, I. I I wouldn't have probably had problems with the problems had they not been so easily solved. Mm-hmm. I felt like, especially the third act, got really lazy. The first two-thirds of the movie, like, holy shit, Jurassic Parkiness. This is awesome. Yeah. Lots of funny moments, lots of great dialogue. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, how many uh, great coincidences can we have to solve the problem? I can't remember who it was. It was, it was either a filmmaker or, or, or an author that said, uh, if you use coincidences to solve your problem, that's lazy writing. If you use coincidences to cause a problem, yeah. that's creative. You know, you can't just use them to solve the problem because if you do, you're not actually solving the problem. You're just letting magic solve the problem for you, and that's pretty much what happened in in, 
at the well, end. Well, it's always disappointing when you're watching anything and you go, man, I hope they don't do this. And then that's exactly what they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. The the moment between the T-Rex and the only surviving raptor at the end was cheese dick as fuck. Yeah, like um, doctor? It, doctor. Yeah, yeah. Like Good work. Tip of the hat yeah. to you. Like it was everything but the head nod. Yeah. Like I, I – there were – there was a moment when I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, here comes the head nod. Yeah, and I was like, wait motherfuckers a minute. About to... yeah, they're dinosaurs. There's not going to be a head nod. But there's a head nod, a head shake from Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt to, Blue. to Blue. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't tell whether it was a go be free or a don't do it. Don't eat their faces. Yeah. I, I couldn't I'm not quite. sure which it was yeah. either. Yeah. And, and, and again, he had that command for go. Yeah. That would have been way better if he would have just like kind of a subtle like, last time just like go, go. and that he would have took off. I mean, look, I'm no fucking professional movie maker, but those things would have made the movie better. Yeah, it would have been a, a lot cooler. And you can have that kind of like kitschy campiness in a movie that's already kind of kitschy and campy. You're not taking anything away from the movie. I don't understand why they let it happen the way they let it. Happen. Lots, just, and then just like fucking Henry Wu, man. Yeah. Like such a nice, friendly, completely you know, different character in this movie. Yeah, yeah, not he's a jerk. Yeah, he just didn't give a fuck about anybody. He's like, yeah, there was no Henry Wu left in Henry no, Wu. No, and and so again, that's a weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. and they never they never explain like how he became this embittered, you know, especially because everything they they you set would think, up. You would think surviving what he survived, right? That, yeah, he would have. Well, and everything they set up in the movie made Hammond out to be a good dude, made the new guy, Mizrani, yeah, out, out to, to be, be a good, good dude. dude until the very end. And then all of a sudden his character makes a 90-degree, like, we can't kill this. It's worth $24 million. Like, that is not the guy we saw in the first two acts of this movie. But then he was willing to. He took yeah, that chopper out, of, out with then, the live Yeah, then out of nowhere. Like, well, I think he finally was like, oh, no, 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 no. I see what's happening here. This is more important than money. But, but we never saw that happen with him. It was just yeah. all of a sudden he's getting in the helicopter. Yeah. He never had that moment. Right. Like, even like a beat where he's like, we have made a terrible mistake. Yeah. You know, it was just all of a sudden he's flying the helicopter. Yeah. Um, in a very anticlimactic scene. Yeah, it like, was. You know, it was almost like an A-team moment. They've got yeah. this great big machine gun, and they're missing a 50-foot-long dinosaur yep. with this machine gun. And I know they kind of set it up by – the the guy who was shooting the machine gun kind of being like a coward, but come on, like don't be lazy. It, it just you know that machine gun basically served no purpose. Yeah. I thought maybe the machine gun at least was going to shoot the aviary open. I'm like, oh, that's probably what they're going to do with nope. it. No, or the helicopter is going to crash through and open the aviary. But the Dominus Rex crashed into the aviary, yeah. so they didn't even need the helicopter to do that. I mean, it created another opening, and they all flew out again right. after that. But yeah, you're right. It didn't. It's they not what freed them. No. They could have got out. And I mean, I suppose technically it chased him in that direction, yeah. or her in that direction. I'll, I'll probably buy it, because I, I liked it better than the third one. Yeah. Um, how about that uh, fucking preview for Terminator Genesis? Man, did he take a shit right on Terminator 3. James Cameron hates Terminator 3. Yeah, he does. He's like, uh, I see this as the real Terminator 3. And then what else did he see? Uh, I, this movie respects everything from the first two movies. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, he's saying this And he out didn't loud. say it, but he might as well have said, and nothing that... Pre- yeah. That, yeah, like, yeah, and he must have, might as well have just been like, and, and Terminator 3 was a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> That's what he should have said. Yeah. He's been like, if I would have been making that giant boat movie, I would have done Terminator 3, and I would have done it right. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I guess when you're James Cameron, you say whatever the fuck you want. It's true. Like, I made Titanic and Avatar. And I'm fuck making 11 more avatars, and, apparently. And Piranha 2. I made Piranha 2. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the piranhas flew. It's a badge of honor right there. <laughs> Is he making more avatars? Yeah. Why? Because he can. Doesn't it just feel like uh, they wrapped everything up in the first He's one? He's making at least two more. <sighs> and, like, at least one of them is going to take place a lot underwater. Don't know how that's going to work out, but I don't apparently want, they could just breathe underwater. I don't, I don't want know. that to happen. Yeah. So, well, maybe it's a different race of creatures. Maybe they use the technology on a different planet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not interested in seeing another Avatar movie. Yeah. Uh, I saw the first one it, once. That movie, it was good, but it did two things for me. It cured my it cured my need or my interest in Avatar, and it also cured my need and interest in seeing 3D movies. Because it, it was so good, the 3D done for that movie, that I don't really need to see it anymore. Nothing else that has been that good or that convincing since then. 3D, I'm not interested in 3D. Yeah. Like, I don't need my movie experience to have like floating it, embers. It was cool. They did a really good job on that one. Nothing else that's done 3D since then 
has put forth the effort. I just so I, I find that it's it's um can be distracting. Well, not even so much that it's like oh that's that's neat. Yeah. But it doesn't make the movie better to but, me. Well, but see, and that's the other thing. The different I feel. I mean, if I need to watch it again, but the, I feel, I don't feel like Avatar had those gratuitous like made for three D shots. That right, all like three, a spear coming yeah, directly at it you. It just used yeah. the environment around it to right. kind of be cool and like have leaves whipping past you, and you could see all that weird shit floating yeah. in the air. Whereas everything else is like, watch out for that axe. Yeah. Oh, my pencil just flew towards the screen. Yeah, and, just dumb shit like and that. Neither version of 3D mm-hmm. it, to me makes a better movie. Yeah. Um, because a movie, I just want to watch a movie. And yeah. I would rather have a better story told than to have it. Well, be- and the other problem with 3D, especially a lot of the other ones I saw, they, they always make the movie darker. So then if there's a lot going on, it's hard to... Well, I think it's something see. about those glasses yeah. because they're they're basically sunglasses with some other kind of shit in them. Yep. So, yeah. It, yeah. Like so, watching... I couldn't imagine watching Thor That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. The first fight scene when they're in uh, Jotunheim fighting yeah. all the... It's fucking hard to see. It's, it's hard so to see. Dark already. It's hard to see regular. Yeah, now put some sunglasses yeah. on and watch that <laughs> yeah, shit. No thanks. Absolutely no thanks. You're dumb. Um... Wizard World. Yeah. Des Moines. First inaugural uh, Des Moines Wizard World, 2015. Uh, what do you think? I think it was kind of like Jurassic World. I think it was pretty good. I think I'm glad I went. I think yeah. there were probably a couple mistakes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't have any. It wasn't bad. And, and, it may, was good. and maybe maybe you have specific, like, gripes. I, off the top of my head, don't remember anything. I, it's been long enough that I've forgotten, but I feel yeah. like as we were leaving, we were like, you know, if they tweaked this and this. Yeah. I, I Again, I always say. More vendors. The more vendors, the better. Yeah. Like the more. Uh, well, and maybe to look some in. of them held off this year because they were like, oh, oh yeah, no. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, you know, Not, they needed more guests. Needed more guests, and they didn't have near as many obnoxious volunteers this year, though. Saying you can't stand there. No, they, they actually the, the convention itself was run pretty fucking smooth. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have any problems with getting to where I needed to be. Uh, stopping and resting oh, anywhere. No, I do have one complaint. Yeah. Our first complaint, it was the, the first issue we encountered, the staging of all the line cues yeah, to get your bad. tickets and wristbands and stuff. That was stupid. Yeah, it, and especially because they have so many empty rooms that yeah. they're not using. Why not just use a room for that or yeah. you know, or, or something? It was very congested, and you had several different types of and tickets. basically all had to same. cut through every line to get anywhere else. Yeah. Like yeah. it was right in the middle of – Leaving the place or coming well, to it. Like yeah, it, they only had one door open that you could go in, but like 40 that you could come out. Why yeah. not open another one of those doors to go in? And, yeah. I mean, because you still have to show a fucking wristband. Yeah. So it's not – and I'm, I'm still – I'm going to say this until forever. Just get us lanyards. I'll yeah. pay an extra five bucks for my ticket. Yeah. Make us lanyards. Fuck it, a wristband. I hate having to wear the thing all weekend. Yeah, and they're just, they're just dumb. Yeah. You know, and it's like if I have a lanyard, uh, one, it's something I'm going to keep forever. Yeah. And two, it's just more functional. I can take it off when I shower. Um, they're easier for them to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody's wearing long sleeves or carrying shit, otherwise the lanyard, it's right there in biggest day. And I suppose maybe Wizard World's idea with the lanyards is that if only the VIPs have them, it makes it easier to control who's going in and out of the VIP situations. I guess. But um, every other convention that I've ever gone to uses lanyards, and they work great. Yep. So. Why not? So that's the first issue I can remember right out right the line. But when we yeah, got there. that yeah. was just yeah. So we had down. to stand in line for a while to get our um and and initially for the first few minutes, a lot of people weren't even sure they were in the right line. Right. So right. And they were putting everyone in the same line, which and, felt really weird. Yeah. I was like, there should not be this many people in the professional line. No. Like I can't. I look at you. Like I can tell none of you. You're 13. Yeah. Like not how are you a professional? Yeah. You're in the wrong line. Apparently yeah. they're not. Yeah. Apparently the professional line ended up being the same line. As anyone who bought, what was it, like a Groupon or like won a ticket somewhere? Yeah. I think it was basically, it was like kind like, of like a will call, promotional, like yeah. all these different things press, on the same line. Press line and promotional line. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. And promotional meaning anybody that got their ticket via a special yep. venue of um, any type. I do have one bone to pick just in general. Uh, the fact, and, and they, were, they were good to us. We got some uh, professional passes rather than our press passes. Uh, they're very, very affordable. Um no issues with what we had to pay for what to get in. But uh, we found out later at the convention that, uh, that one of the Des Moines television stations got like 30 press passes. They were giving them to their IT people. So so why 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 on earth does one outlet need to need get 30, 30 passes? Because they're not going to go. And well, and think gonna, about it and, this way. It doesn't gain you any extra exposure as no. the person trying to promote an event. You right. give 30 passes to the same outlet, you got one avenue of exposure out of that. Right. One. And, well, and of those 30 passes, only one person is even going to cover it, if at all. Yeah. 
You know, so you're so you, the IT guy at the Des Moines television station isn't going to go back. What's he going to go back and do? He's going to tell everybody he had a great time, but they're not going to do a, an article based on him saying he had a great time. No, I, yeah. Um, that's so I mean. that's a little frustrating to me. When I found that out, I was like, that's kind of shitty. It is. You know, granted, they're not a C2E2 who we had been with from the beginning, but the, like. The other shitty thing is, man, like, be more timely with your acceptance and rejections. Yeah. Because every year that we've gotten rejected for passes. Two weeks prior. It's been too late to buy passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm kind of glad it worked out the way it did this year because it was a lot cheaper than buying but passes. I know, but. but for fuck's sake, man! Like, that's shit. That's an also a shitty position to put people in. Yeah, because yeah. also, what else are we doing? Typically, sometimes we're like, well, if we don't get approved, we don't even we're gonna go. Right. So a lot of times we don't put a lot of planning into it, and then you're like, fuck, we didn't book a hotel because yep. we weren't even sure if we were gonna go. Right. Granted, that's our fault because you can cancel a hotel reservation well, at any point. But and the nice thing about Des Moines is we were able to stay with Dave and Bethany, and that that made the trip a lot cheaper. It was great. Um, I now can get into his house whenever I want. Yep. Because uh, I have a key. Yeah. <laughs> and it was we had a lot of fun. It would have been a lot cooler if Dave Dave they had a wedding that they had to shoot in Storm Lake that same weekend. So we saw Dave for what, maybe just Sunday, a couple basically. Hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of blew. We got to see uh, Joe Spina and, and Tony Forsmark. Yeah, uh, Tony was in town for some family stuff. Joe came in because originally he was going to come in with uh, uh, Rosenbaum, yeah. and uh, Rosenbaum decided last minute he had some scheduling conflicts, so he couldn't come. And Joe came anyway because he already had his ticket. So he, uh, we hung out with him for a while and, and had a good time. I hadn't seen Joe in fuck probably ten years. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, good to see those guys again and and fun, you know. Also, I mean, nasty fries. Those, those were fantastic. Those fries were pretty good. And wow. we did find a somewhat reputable uh, Chicago style pizza joint in in Des Moines. Uh, Felix and Oscar's. Yeah, it's pretty good. Get it's the, no get, art of pizza. Get the but, cheese topper. Yeah, get the cheese topper. That's going to be the closest to a Chicago style pizza that I've found outside of Chicago. But even if far. it's not amazing, the nasty fries made up for nasty it. Nasty fries are pretty good. They had uh, what? What's on a nasty fries? You ask. Everything. Yep. Yep. Or waffle fries, first of yep. all. So that's amazing. And then not they, crunchy. Nice no, soft just, waffle fries. Yes, nicely yeah. done. Uh, spicy was it like chorizo sausage like ground up? Yeah, I think it was so. fucking Something good. Like yeah, it was. Really and then good. of course you got your cheese. Yeah, and your and that's some kind of sauce on it. too. Yeah, some kind of sauce, cheese, chives. I'm not uh, hungry at all right now. This is making me violently nauseous. I, I, I want I want to fight somebody <laughs> for some of those right now. I ate an entire thing of pretzel bites, a small popcorn, and most of my large bag of peanut butter M and M's at the movie today. I, I did not do that. I don't feel good. <laughs> you shouldn't feel good. Yeah, I will give props to the chick at the movie theater though. She's like, uh, I was like, I'd, I'd was... like some pretzel bites, and she's like, they're gonna take about, about three minutes, and I'm like, uh, no problem. <laughs> Yeah, like what? <laughs> Three minutes. minutes, no sale. Yeah, and then when she brought them to me, they were overflowing. Yeah, it's almost like she dumped two bags of them. Not in a there. short change on that. No, one. no, it was you know they're like six fifty or something. Which, but it's you know it's crazy to me. You got a mountain of pretzel bites and cheese for six fifty, and for two dollars less than that, you know what you can get? A bottle of Aquafina. Yeah. And not even like a monster-sized bottle. A 20-ounce bottle of water is $4. And... It, it's almost like they're encouraging you to sneak shit oh, in at this point. Fuck, I know. Uh, well, and then, uh, I'm about to start cross-dressing when I go to the movies just so I have a reason to carry a fucking purse so I can I'm sneak all my shit in. Bruce Jenner my way into that movie. Yeah, I'm going to. For $3, you can add M&Ms to your popcorn. And it's like a handful of M&Ms. That's ridiculous. Yeah. They're just not taking life seriously at the movie theater so anymore. It costs seven fifty to go to a movie today. Yeah. Popcorn was eight dollars and thirty eight cents. It costs more for the popcorn than it costs to get into yeah, a motherfucking yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wish I would have just not bought popcorn. To be yeah. honest with you, after those pretzel bites, that was plenty of food. Oh yeah, I mean, that's you a didn't lot expect of bread it to be that big. It's no. a movie theater. You thought you were gonna get like four pretzel nuggets and a yeah of cheese. I, I, we ran, we went, went over to the mall because we showed up at the movie early by accident because we thought it started at noon, didn't start at twelve fifty five. So we went over to the mall and I ran into my sister and two of my nieces, and one of my nieces was eating little pretzel bites, and I was like, those look really good. And then, but I don't want to go buy any, so we get over to the and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it in the pants. I'll t- I'll pay six fifty for some pretzel bites because they sound good. And then when she brought them out to me, I'm like, this is fair. Yeah, this is a fair charge for this. This it was it was probably the equivalent to two pretzels to me, like yeah. two two soft pretzels. So yeah. All right, sorry. Back so, to Wizard World. Wow, wow, <laughs> just wow. Totally, we, yep. Just yeah. Food derails all um, conversations. Uh, so so we more guests. Could have yeah. been nice. And also, they had a lot of panels going on, but only, like, three interesting ones for, like, the whole weekend. Yeah, and, and the problem, again, is the interesting panels were full. Yeah. Like, if you didn't get there early, you weren't getting in. And, and like, at a San Diego Comic-Con or a Dragon Con or whatever, I can 
understand I get it. I get not it, getting that's the way it is. But honestly, just put it in a bigger room. You've got mm-hmm. that whole facility you can use. Just put it in a bigger room. Yeah. You know, we went to go to the Jason Muse panel, and it was asshole to elbow in there. So we didn't even bother. I, I poked my head in and then had trouble getting back out because it was so full. Yeah. The one panel we did make it into, though, was the Robert England panel. That motherfucker can take a room, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. It was um, it was a really good panel. And before we go too much further, uh, in this episode, we have an interview that you're going to want to stay tuned for. Yes. Yeah. It's phenomenal. We'll get to we'll uh, announce here in a little bit who the interview is with because honestly, uh, it's a fucking big deal. Yeah. And it's someone who told us openly he doesn't do podcast interviews. But um, after talking to him for a little while and him uh, understanding, kind of, we kind of, kind of won him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we just uh, we're just regular people to him. He's yeah. on a little show that people have probably heard of. So, yeah, you it's, know, uh, know, when we say it, you'll you might you might have caught an episode or two. Yeah, of the show, it may be the the highest rated show on uh, basic cable television right now. It may be, maybe, maybe. Just saying, just saying. We'll Who just knows? Throw it out. There. Who checks these things? Mother Dick. Yeah. Uh, so the people that we did interact with were, were really cool. Yeah. Watching that Robert England panel, that guy enjoys the fuck out of the fact that he was Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And to me, it is Freddy Krueger. Um, what surprised me was there wasn't much of a question. I guess there was one reboot question. Yeah. And he was very courteous in his answer. He didn't, you know, um, he he was very honest in some of his some of the things he talked about about the studio and about why the Nightmare on Elm Street movies went the direction they did and then finally came back to being horror movies. And his theory on why it's okay to make people laugh in a horror movie because then it's easier to scare them. Yeah. Um, he was very knowledgeable. And if you ever get a chance to go to one of his panels. Just do it. Yeah. It's fun. And he, he, he interacts, especially yeah. if little kids ask questions. Oh, he likes to try hilarious. and scare them when he's done. Oh, that was hilarious. And, uh. He told a fucking, like, 12-year-old girl that he was going to murder her in her sleep. Yeah, he answered her question all polite and <laughs> yeah, normal, and yeah. then at the end told her not to fall asleep mm-hmm. because he'd get her. It was amazing. Uh, uh, he, but he was just having so much fun up there. Yeah. You know, fuck, that guy's in his 60s. Easily. And then when somebody asked him something about another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I don't remember if they talked about the reboot, and he talked about how... Instead of doing a reboot for a while, they had an idea of doing a prequel story where you would find out how right he ended up the way he did. So right, well, and, and that it was it would be part courtroom drama, and that you know you 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 would see how evil the lawyers were that helped him get off on a technicality, and yeah. How he ended up back on Elm Street so that the parents could kill him and all this stuff. Uh, there's a, uh, a great quote uh, by him. He says, uh, "What scares me." A surgical sequence in a dream state. I don't know if it's Siamese twins that get to me, Margot Kidder and sisters. Uh, In real life, it used to be snakes. But I did a giant snake movie where I played a herpetologist that looked like a skinny Colonel Sanders. They gave me a baby snake and put it in a sock sewed in my coat. I'm over my snake phobia now. Yeah, I've read that, yeah. Uh, He was talking about Siamese twins creeped him out for a long time. Mm -hmm. What I gathered from him was it's real things scare him. Yeah. Um, not these fantastical things that don't really exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but he enjoys the shit out of the fact that people are frightened by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, watching him at his table and the way he, he interacted with people, um, had it not been – see, another thing Wizard World does that's goofy is this purchase tickets prior Yeah, that's thing, new. Where they, well, that, they've done it for several years, but it, well, I, well, I don't well, like it. Well, but this year it's been different. A lot of other years you could still pay cash at the table if you wanted to, and now they had all these signs posted – um, must purchase tickets prior, no cash at table. Like, right. So the the drawback to that is it no longer allows you to get in line and just tell someone you enjoy their work. Well, and you can't – and you also don't get that – like a lot of times when I've done stuff, it's on a whim. I'll walk by. I've right. seen them being super fucking cool and then all of a sudden they're right. not busy. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to jump in real quick. You well, can't do that Well, now. like the Saturday, Robert England had uh, probably a two-hour wait in his line Yeah. all day long. He was – it was – fucking back to back to back you couldn't get anywhere near that guy sunday he was sitting at his table eating a sandwich easily that day you could walk up but he had the big sign must purchase tickets i did see him wave one girl over the one girl dressed as a squirrel yeah he waved her over because he thought she was a different character yeah and then talked to her for like 25 minutes but other than that if you didn't have a ticket his handlers wouldn't let you anywhere near the table yeah Um, unfortunate i did meet jason muse yeah uh what a fucking good dude he was very tired but what a just a friendly, a cordial, and, you know, c- congratulations on being fucking clean, dude. Because, oh, like, yeah. it is, it's painfully obvious that he is clean, 
sober and has his shit together. He's not the snoochie boochies. I mean, if you if you ask him to do it, he does it. Well, and that's how he signs some yeah. of his stuff, sure. Right, but, right, but right. That, he's not that. No, if you talk to him like a regular person, he talks to you like a He doesn't try to put on the show if you walk up and talk to him like a normal person. I mean, all we talked about was having, having kids. kids. Yeah. You know, and he was in such a hurry to get back. You know, his daughter's like, I don't know, three or four months old now. And uh, he just wanted to get home. Yeah, he and, couldn't wait. Yeah. And, but at the same time, that didn't read like when you were. Right. He wasn't yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, he looked tired, but he looked. But he was, en- he was engaged yeah, yeah. like he, and, with the, his crowd. Well, and there were several times we walked by when he was sitting at his table and there's nobody there. And he's standing up singing and yelling shit, you know, yeah. just having a good time. So, but yeah, he seems like a good dude. It's, it's crazy. Talk about a guy who walked through fire. Mm-hmm. Like and came out not unscathed, but as a better, stronger person. Hmm. I mean, fucking good for him. He just good dude. I was. I, I'm glad that I went up, had him sign my uh, Clerks Ten DVD. He was very worried about it smearing. Yeah. So he's like, "Hey, this particular pen I'm using, let it dry before you put it in a bag or anything, because it, it'll show up better on the on the cover, but it smears really easy. So just be super, super careful." So he signs it. He's blowing on it, and then gives it to me, and I'm like, "Man, what a fucking good dude." He don't have to. He don't have to give no fucks about that. <laughs> it's true. Um, got a picture with him. I think it was like an extra ten bucks. Yeah, nice guy. There, I he just, was. He was indeed. I just sucked his dick right off. That's there. all right. He yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> he enjoyed it. Yeah. So I mean, the people we interacted with, we didn't really have anybody that we interacted with that was a fucking douche nozzle. No, I don't think. Um, Which was a pleasant surprise. Right. I didn't really. I didn't really stop at any artist tables or anything. I mean, kind of not too much. Cruise through a little bit. Um, But that stuff doesn't really interest me. I mean, I'll read comic book after comic book and not be able to tell you who drew it or wrote it. Mm -hmm. You know. But yes, just more guests. Not to say that the guests that they had weren't quality, but because of the way it's set up, if you have more, um, there'll be more stuff to do. Mm -hmm. I had all kinds of stuff I wanted. Like I really wanted Robert England to sign uh, my copy of V, and I'm like, you know, and this is something he probably doesn't get very often. Yeah. But his autographs were sixty bucks. I know. God. Um, like I understand he's a big deal, but fuck, sixty bucks for someone's signature? I've never paid over forty, mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. for some really solid fucking signatures. So, and it, granted, he was like one of their marquee guys. You know, him, Shatner, and Ernie Billy Hudson. D. Billy D. Billy D. And, and, and Ernie Hudson, I, I just couldn't get over. The new Ghostbusters movie thing. Like, I think that's ultimately what it was. I wanted to go up and say hi to him, tell him how much I love Ghostbusters. But when he came out in support of the new movie, after, after shit talking, yeah, the totally, idea of it, yeah, panning everything about it that stayed the same. Like it wasn't even like they changed a bunch of shit, and then he's like, you know what? Okay, now this can work. You know, they 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 heard my complaints. Now they're making this movie. They didn't change a goddamn thing. They got thing. to him. They yeah, got to him. They did. They did. He's probably got a cameo or something in it that they're going to keep as a secret, and that's why he's not talking shit no more. Yeah. And that bothered me, so I just couldn't bring myself to give him my money. <laughs> and I'm like, plus he's going to be at like 80 more of these fucking things. So I just want to know like, if he's ever one of those guys. Like, you, you see so many fans at conventions that don't really know who certain people are. Like They think that they know who the person is, right. but they're wrong. I just so badly wanted to get in his line and then throw an Iron Eagle DVD down on his table. <laughs> Or just be like, you're great as a president on 24. Yeah, just yeah. anything like that. I'm not Louis Gossett Jr. Yes, you are, Louis Gossett Jr. Sign my shit, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah. because if you were Ernie Hudson, I wouldn't even be here. Because that asshole did, like totally turncoated on yeah. the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He's in really good shape, though. Yeah, he is. He, probably he looks like a pro wrestler, basically. Yeah, he looked yeah. like one of those. Yeah, he'd probably kick our asses. Um, the, the, the pro wrestlers, that's another thing they kind of, they fuck up on. Yeah. Uh, the pro wrestlers bring in a huge crowd to these conventions, but a lot of times they're only there for a day or for like a couple hours. Yeah. So I suppose technically they're not fucking up because they're then doing it right. they're they like, got their money. They, they get all these people in for a full day pass. All they want is that one wrestler and then they leave. Then they, they make more money, have less people there. That's I true. Suppose that's they okay. probably know exactly what they're doing, but it would be nice. And you would think a lot of the old retired wrestlers would be a good way to fill up your guest list too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it felt very, and I know it was the first year and, and what we continually said as we were there was let's, we want to give it one more year. Yeah. We'll see what it looks um, like next year. Check it out next year. And then we'll decide whether, Hey, do we just want to start going to Chicago? Because I didn't realize until I read up on it after we got back, Chicago is the largest wizard world convention. Yeah. So it is like their flagship convention. So, uh, you know, I almost feel like I don't want to, miss out but if well, we're it's going the one the, that's been going on the long yeah like you know yeah. and I, the highest attendance fuck and... i went to that one back in like 94 i think it was the first time i'd ever been really to yeah no shit mm-hmm. wow did you go with your brother mm-hmm. what? yeah 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 and, and it's yeah it's been around forever and they get a lot of people through the doors they get a lot of big names at yeah. the chicago convention 
Um, yes, they do. Which the, the, and I'm not saying they need to bring in bigger names because that's not what I'm going for because you can't get anywhere near those people anyway. It's just more guests. if guess. you do, it's going to cost you. Yeah, just, just more guests, just yeah. a, a larger variety. It's just a shame that, like, San Diego Comic-Con is the only place that you're going to see, like, entire casts of a show that do, like, a whole table signing together where, like, they're giving right. out promotional posters right. and the whole fucking cast signs it. And more important to me, it's the only place that and Dragon Con are the only place that you see exclusive things. Like, mm-hmm. you get to see a trailer of something. Or, or, like, sometimes they premiere a fucking show pilot or a yeah. movie there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it would be nice if they would travel some of these trailers. Like, yeah. okay, so you premiere at... at uh, San Diego Comic Con. But then Con. show it everywhere else after yeah, that. Yeah, after that. That gives people, still they get that unique experience of not having to watch it on their computer monitor. You know, because what was the big of the Suicide Squad one? Yeah. That was, that was a work. I'm telling you, they did that on purpose. Well, yeah, because now they're all coming out acting pissed about it. Like, we're yeah. pissed, so here's the real version. Yeah, it was a work. You dumb fuck. There's no way anybody in that audience was recording it. They had to be holding their phone up super high. Uh, there's no way that they couldn't have just walked around and been like, put your phone away. Yeah. Put your phone away, we're kicking you out. Yeah. Because they could do that, so I I think they it was it gave them buzz, you know. Well, and because like every other trailer got leaked too, and no other studio was like, "That's a problem for us." You know, you know, this day and age, anything you show is gonna be online the same day, if oh, not buddy. if yeah. not the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but yeah. yeah, it's just kind of a bummer to see how much cool shit happens there, and then that's the only place that they do any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, they could, it wouldn't be hard for them. I mean, how hard is it to put out a digital print? Of a trailer yeah. and show it. I mean, not hard at all. And it just gets people excited for your product. The one thing I like, see, like San Diego, you know, you're going to miss out on stuff. Yeah. Nerd HQ, Zach Levi always does that Nerd HQ mm-hmm. thing separate. He gets all these other celebrities to come in and do panels. And then they usually do autograph signings for 20 bucks a pop and photo ops for 20 bucks a pop because mm-hmm. they donate all the money to like Smiles for Smiles, Operation, whatever. Right. If you wait in line, like Steve Amell was a good example. His panel is huge because he has internet following. Like he runs his own social media pages. Yep. So yep. his fans are nuts. They wait, They all wait in line. His panel fills up. And then during his panel, one of the fans asked, is there any way we can convince you to do a Smiles for Smiles? That's what they call the photo ops right. after this. And he goes, we are doing a Smiles for Smiles after this. And the fucking place goes nuts. He goes, however, we are going to open that up to all the people that were not able to get tickets to this panel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. That is cool because it's like then you don't get one group of people that gets they get everything. everything from that yeah. one person and yeah. then everybody else is shit out of luck. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Well, you know, and, and, and the problem I have and maybe it's a Wizard World thing because they, they pissed in DC and Marvel's Cheerios so much that they they left. Yeah. Uh, but you don't see any like exclusive stuff. Yeah. Um, you get like a exclusive Walking Dead variant every yeah. year. But yeah. like. You know, C2E2 even, for example, they always have a huge um, Maddie Collector booth. Yeah. Uh, they have Marvel and DC exclusives, that, all this stuff that you just – Wizard World, is, it just kind of feels like, hey, we got these vendors together. Hey, we got these guests together. Now you go make something of it. Well, yeah, you know, whereas... well, because, I mean, even look at, like, San Diego, and of course it's going to be because it's the hugest, but, like, they get everything. They get all those costumes from the sets, and they put up yeah. those huge displays. Like, they had every costume – Superman, Wonder Woman, both Batman costumes from the new movie coming out on display. Yeah. Like, all this shit. Just tons of stuff. Yeah, and I keep kicking around. Like, I'm not... Like, do I ever want to go to that? Because I don't want to stand in line all the fucking time. No. And and is it like Dragon Con? It's just a weekend-long party? Or does everything stop at 8 o'clock at night? I have a hard time believing it just stops. I feel like it's another city where people are just going to be constantly... And then, like, that whole Star Wars thing. Yeah. The concert and everything? Like, that's, that's awesome. Did you hear about what, what happened, though? No, what? Like, so Kevin Smith's panel followed oh, yeah, the Star yeah. Wars panel. So he... And everybody left. Um, and he's in, it's in Hall H. Yeah. So he only had, like, 2,500 people in, left, in, that a, in a room built for 6,500 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I listened. He released the podcast of the Q&A. Um, and, and it was it was fun. Like, it was still a fun Q&A, but it was just kind of like... He kept kind of going back to it. He's like... Thanks, JJ. And like every time a microphone wouldn't work, he's like, I think JJ took the microphones too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, if they're going to do something like that, maybe they should have a panel scheduled for like, oh, an hour or two after that one happens and not like. Or or let the guy who's going next know so he can prepare himself, like gird himself against it. Like just, you know, why not tell him back in the green room, hey, just so you're aware. We're going to have a special Star Wars concert. We're doing this thing and I'm taking the entire crowd with me. Sorry now, now that. the way that worked out for him though was that place was full 
to the rafters of Star Wars people with people waiting out in line to get into the Kevin Smith panel who couldn't get in because all the Star Wars people camped out prior and, you know, yeah. da, 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 da. well, now all the Star Wars people leave, all of these people who wouldn't have gotten in to see Kevin Smith to got begin to with go got in. to go in. Yeah. So, I mean, it really worked out. He just didn't have 6,500 people in there. And he said prior they had uh, – his panel had been like in the middle of the day. Well, because he's so fucking foul – they moved them to the end of the day because they kept having, like, eight-year-old kids sitting there waiting for another panel. Oh, and they're yeah. like, yeah, you keep talking about butt-fucking your wife, and there's an eight-year-old in the crowd. So we'll move you to the end of the night when all the kids are gone, you know. Huh. And, <laughs> that it, worked out great for me. And maybe that's another thing that Wizard World needs to do, run a little later yeah. so that they can have more programming, you know, more yeah. panels, more stuff to see and do. Um, I mean, granted, I'm usually pretty ready to go by the end of the day, but I think a big part of that is because we don't go to a lot of – uh, programming because they just there's not yeah, a lot. Yeah, and then you can only circle the floor yeah. so many times. And you're not you're not sitting down. You're not resting. You know, so it's like by the by the time seven or eight o'clock rolls around, you're like, <sighs> and I'm hungry because I'm yeah. not paying nine dollars for a hot pocket. Yeah, yeah, or whatever fuck. the fuck you got over oh, there. And well, and they tried that bullshit of no outside food or beverage, and like fuck. But that. they didn't even kind of enforce no. it, which is good. Yeah. I was worried about that. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? No, we took Gatorades and and, and uh, cereal bars and shit in. It's yeah, like, it, well, and it's and it's unreasonable too because what you have to acknowledge. Like, look, there are people, they are our, they are our people, but nerds, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll drop all this money that they don't are that they already don't have on going to the convention, getting a hotel room and shit, and then you expect them to pay nine dollars for a slice of pizza. I agree with you until I see some of the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. When I see these fuckers spend money at every table they go to or buy an autograph of every person in a row, yeah. and when I see them spend $35 on a refillable mug that, well, for soda. But but you have to consider for those people, that's a value because they were going to drink uh, 17 sodas that day anyway. Yeah. Um, yes. that, that's another thing, though. There was plenty of room to move around. Even yeah. on the busiest day, it was a lot hotter that one day. What was it? Sunday that was hotter, wasn't yeah. it? When I walked in, I just started sweating immediately. Yeah, so see, that's the weird thing you, you got to consider. Like at the on one t- hand, it was really nice not being crowded in there, but right. on the other hand, we're like, you know, if you had a few more things in here, I felt like they had well, and 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 the layout, like they they crowded the front doors really bad. Yeah. If they would have changed the layout just a little bit, because they had a lot of wasted space. Mm-hmm. If they would have spread everything out and moved it away from the front door, because ultimately you didn't have any real good. Uh, spots for photographs of cosplay. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it always felt like you were stopping somebody in the middle of shit. I mean, I was taking people pictures of people in weird places, like by like the food food vendors and the tables and yeah. stuff. And, and, and so it takes a little something away from cosplay <laughs> when, when you're back- standing next to a hot dog cart. Well, or your backdrop is just a bunch of empty eating tables. Yeah. You know, like that Obi, that dude that was Obi Wan. Yeah, was fucking amazing. But you know, the background was a bunch of empty banquet tables. Yeah. Like, eh. ooh, ooh, there's another thing I don't fucking understand. All right, paying a shit ton of money to go to a convention to play Magic all fucking weekend. Yeah, we talk about that. We talked about that a lot. Like, like Magic, or sometimes we'll have video game stations set and up. Maybe it's something we don't understand. Maybe they've got some kind of special tournament going on that you can only maybe. Be a, otherwise, I don't understand why you would pay to go to a convention to do a thing that you that most comic book stores throw on weekends anyway. Uh, like, how about the kids that go and you see them sitting for hours at a time playing their fucking Game Boy Advanced? Yeah, sitting that's at a table. Stupid too. Uh, you always see that. And I granted maybe they're antisocial or whatever, but honestly, secondly, uh, Game Boys are dumb. Yeah, like the oh. graphics are terrible, the games are terrible. What the fuck, man? This this is the same fucking technology they had in 1997, and people buy the shit out of them. They'll buy different colored ones. Yeah, they'll buy multiple Game Boys and take them with them everywhere. Then they'll go to a fucking convention that costs you a hundred dollars for the weekend and sit over at a table by the fucking hot dog vendor playing their fucking Game Boy Advanced all fucking day. I don't get it, man. Like, oh, get them all, the Pokemons. I don't give a fuck. No, you walk around and look at shit. Meet people. Become a social human being. Yeah. And it smelled bad there. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. Right away. Like right five away. minutes into the first day. Yeah. We're like, how is this possible? Uh, people were farting themselves. They, oh, they I don't think it was PO. farting. I think they were just straight up shitting you, themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it was well, just bad. Uh, it, there was a lot of bad. And it's just like, it never goes away. Yeah. We got crop dusted real bad by one <laughs> dude. Like, my eyes watered. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't want people to think that was me. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. And oh. it's just like, and it's so bad because all the shit that people make fun of our people. That does for, happen. And it happens. Yeah. And it's like, so you can't, ex- you can't expect people to see you differently if you continue to do that shit. <laughs> literally. Yes, literally. And don't show up 
in sweatpants that are three sizes too small and are high waters <sighs> with a pair of pearl wings on and a t-shirt that's way too small. Like people are going to, to make fun of you. Yeah. That's not a cosplay. Yeah. That's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. I'll tell you what uh, group has really come a long way is that Justice Corps. Yeah. Like the, the quality of their costumes, the, the amount of work that they put in their cosplay. Amazing. Yeah. And you know, a, Super friendly group of people. Like every time they walked by us, they would stop and say hi. Yeah, you know, it's and true. I, I just know those guys through like a couple meetings tertiarily through Dave. Yeah. And there's one I was standing in a uh, a booth at one point, and Jeff Badger, who cosplays as Hawkeye, Flash, Nightwing, like he's got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that he does. I'm standing there looking at something. He's like, "Oh, hey, Zach." I'm like, oh, fuck, Badger, hey, how's it going, man? He's like, oh, I was wondering if I'd bump into you. And I'm like, no shit, yeah, how's it, you having fun? Um, but there's one one thing that, <laughs> that bothers me about cosplayers, okay? Mm-hmm. It's when they start to bitch about how people are stopping them every two feet for pictures. Well, yeah. You're dressed as That's a character. Like, just, just one thing to keep in mind, guys, that sometimes when you complain about things, even if it's just to make conversation, it kind of makes you sound weird. Yeah, and I'm not saying Badger did that because he didn't. No, no. But I'm just saying I, you hear it a lot. And you're like, I couldn't even get to the other end of the convention center because people kept wanting. And I and I understand it's a humble brag kind of thing, like. But like, it makes you sound. Yeah, like, it just it, it's just it's it makes you sound ridiculous because it's like, well, is that not your goal? Yeah, because if you don't want people to take your picture, just come in a pair of cargo shorts and a t-shirt. Yep, then you're fine. Situation normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's. <sighs> uh, yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. Um, so I liked it. I had a good time. I'm yeah, glad me we too. Went. Um, we, get, we had a lot of opportunity to do a lot of different things that weekend. So it was fun. I will go back next year because I'm very curious to see what steps. Because this was the first year where they expanded to, you know, they added like 24 conventions this year. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so it used to be just in the major cities. So I'm curious to see. And they've already committed to coming back next year. So I'm curious to see what adjustments they make now that they're doing so many conventions. Yeah, and I also will be curious to see if there are any cities that didn't work out where they're like, yeah, we're not doing that one again. I would imagine they'll probably give each city two years Yeah, just because, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, But also the other problem, the other big problem with it is it dilutes the experience. Oh, yeah. Because the people from Chicago are not coming. So while there were several very good cosplays, the quality of cosplay at the Des Moines Wizard World was much less mm-hmm. than at, at, in Chicago. Uh, yeah. At any of the conventions in Chicago, C2E2, uh, Wizard World, uh, Walker Stalker. Well, plus, with Chicago still happening, you're not going to get as many of those bigger draws. Right. They're like, I don't need to go to Iowa. I'll be in Chicago a couple months later. Right. I'm fine. Right. And I have this $2,000 cosplay that I... You know, I either live in Chicago yeah. or I live in Indiana yeah. or all the people that go to Chicago. And, and you could say the same thing about the celebrities. Like you can get a, you can get a person that's going to be like, you know what? Like Steve Amell. He's, he's I'm not going to go to Iowa. I'll be in Chicago, though. Go to Chicago. Which, but that's weird to me, though, because those big draws like that, all they do is add more money Yeah. to go into even the little ones. Like, because at, everyone will go to their table. What was it? Fucking last year? That when we didn't go to Chicago was that yeah, and they had last year or the year they before. had David Boreanaz or and, year year and Nathan Fillion yeah, and you don't see them at much at all, mm-hmm. and they're not going to go to like they go to one, right? And that's it, right? Yeah, and, and there's, but I'm talking about like the guys like uh, Shatner, for example. Yeah, and granted he was in Des Moines, but like those guys are going to be such a huge draw, and since they go to everything anyway, well, they might why as would well... you not want to get Shatner to come to? Iowa. Right, right. But you might they, they might as well go to Minneapolis and and Milwaukee and Des Moines and Kansas City and St. Louis. They might as well go to those places because they're going to be the biggest draw there. They're going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, now, if you're Ernie Hudson, I could see maybe going, eh, maybe I won't go to Des Moines. I can go to Chicago and maximize my profit. Except but, since he looked at the list and was like, oh, they only got seven people? I'll go to Des Moines. His line, his line, his line wasn't great. I'm sure it would, but have been. but you don't have the pool to draw from yeah. either. You know, you go to a city of eight million or a city of two hundred fifty thousand. It just makes more sense. And and plus, that city of eight million is drawing from a community of probably twenty to thirty million because it's all the surrounding states. But you also, know? if you're Ernie Hudson, you're like, you know what? I'm not doing anything, and it doesn't cost me money to go there. 
see in that I don't know. Like I don't know if they pay their travel. I don't know if they, I would imagine. They I think probably they probably do. put them up in a hotel, but I don't know if they pay for their plane tickets and stuff like that. I don't mm. know, and I don't know if they pay them to be there. It, maybe it depends on like you know some of those celebrities. You have to inquire, book or inquire through like a company like Heroes for Hire or something like that. Well, all and of maybe them, they work them into their deal where they're like, we only come if this, this, and this are met. These are just part of their contract. This is how you get them. Well, all of them you go through their through the representation. Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and again, uh, uh, we might as well talk about it now, right? We've, we're yeah, let's go. The show. So uh, speaking of people with great representation, which we weren't, but we are now, uh, the guy who – we ended up with the interview for his handler was fucking tits. Yeah. Okay. What a super, super nice dude. Uh, talked to when I went up to, to originally approach, uh, this guy for the interview, uh, his handler just was in the conversation with us. There was no like, and not to be intrusive. He was just like, yeah, what's up? And I I remember him from a previous meeting and he was just the same. Like he was offering me fucking M and M's and shit, you know, when I was up talking to him. Uh, so there's this little show on TV called, the walking dead and one of arguably their biggest most popular characters right now is is a guy called sergeant abraham ford played by michael cudlitz and it just so happened michael cudlitz uh had a lull in his line and i decided to go up and shoot the shit with him talk to him about some other projects he's had uh on saturday and we got along fairly well i explained we have a podcast i asked him if he would be interested in doing an interview uh sometime the weekend when he's slow and he said uh, that he does not do podcast interviews. But because of some things that came up in our conversation and stuff, he's like, but you've got an in. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to do this yeah, one. Yeah, I'll do this one. Come see me tomorrow. Come see me tomorrow. We'll work something out. And uh, so I thanked him, and I figured I'll go see him tomorrow, and Brush something off. will have come He'll up. Be He'll be pleasant about it. But, you know, Sunday I went up. He had uh, it was a little slower day. He remembered me immediately. We started shooting the shit, and then I was like uh, – he goes, so are we going to do this or what? And I'm like, fuck yeah, doggy, let's do it. And he's like, do you want to do it here? Or you want to go somewhere else? And as is our policy, whatever works for you, man. Whatever's, I don't want to take you away from your table. I know you make money here. Uh, he's like, well, let's just do it here. And uh, he turns to his, his uh, handler or his agent or whatever. He's like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, hey, at any point we can step aside. Uh, if you start getting people in yeah, your line, like, and he goes, ha, <laughs> They'll wait. Yeah, they'll wait. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just, it's just so cool. Uh, just He's the kind of guy that wants to give each person he's talking to his full attention. Yeah. So we ended up doing a, a good solid 10-minute interview with him and probably one of the least difficult interviews I've ever done. Yeah. Like, it was a fucking straight-out conversation. And what a nice guy. Uh, and just, he, let, let's put it this way. Cudlitz, exactly what you see is what you get. He's yeah. a regular dude. He puts on no airs of being, uh, I'm a celebrity. No, any man. of that horse. Funny side note. Tony Forsmark's there with us. Oh, yeah. We got to so, tell this story. So on Saturday when I was talking to Cudlitz and just bullshitting with him, setting up the interview, Tony wanders up and basically kind of like, are we fucking going to get moving here or what? You know, but he's, he's not interrupting. He's just standing next to me on his phone, texting or whatever. And Cudlitz stops mid-sentence, looks at fucking Forsmark and goes, hey, I know you. And Tony's like, uh, I'm an actor working in L.A. And he's like, what have you done? And he says, uh, well, I was on last season of Parks and Rec. I uh, did some criminal minds. Uh, lists a bunch of lists other, a bunch of other stuff. And, and uh, Cuds is like, uh, that ain't no, it. that ain't it. That ain't it. Uh, where do you live? He's like, uh, Northridge. He's like, huh. Yeah. So he asks Cudlitz where he lives. He tells him. And Forsmark goes, oh, my wife and I lived there for six years. And he's like, when? And he tells him the dates. Cudlitz kind of cocks his head and looks at him. And he goes, did you used to go to the Starbucks on the corner of such and such and such and such? And he's like, uh, yeah, and he goes, I knew I fucking knew you. I used to see you in there all the time. <laughs> what a fucking small world. Like, how, how weird is that? Yeah. that? You know, my buddy from fucking... Well, and I watched it because I'm sitting there. You were up talking to him, and Tony and I were just hanging back because we didn't want this guy to feel crowded by right. a bunch of people that weren't giving him any business. Right, right. And then Tony got bored, and he's like, should I just... He's like, should we just go up there? I was like, you can go up if you want. I'm going to hang back. I don't want him to feel. He's like, all right, I'll go up there. And then I could see it. Like, as soon as he walked up, Cudlitz was just kind of like, what's this guy doing walk? 
What? He, he looks Wait, familiar. Yeah. And then and, he just see, point, and, I and then all I saw was him point at him, and I'm sitting here to the back going, "Oh no, he's what's him, happening? He's telling him to go he's away. Tell this guy to fuck off. <laughs> Put your phone away, asshole. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. photos. Yeah. Like I was like, oh god. What's it that, was yeah, happening? and it was so weird watching that all play out because I didn't see the recognition in his face. Yeah. But then once they started talking, I was like, we are not going to be able to leave until Cutlass figures out how the fuck he knows him. Yeah. You know, and and I thought it was probably going to be a, something as simple as they had a friend in common. Yeah, or, or something. Or like something that. because Tony knows a lot of fucking people in la like he has a lot of really great connections so yeah. you know it, it, it it's it's crazy how many people he legitimately knows just from the shit that he's done so i thought that's where it was going and then when a celebrity recognizes you yeah like what the fuck <laughs> that, man? that's fucked up Come on. that's pretty fucked up but i mean I, i'm good for him it would have been even better if he would have recognized him from something he did but you know right. whatever so uh we're gonna close out the show with our uh short miss interview with Michael Cudlitz, it's it, it. I would say it's probably so far one of my all-time favorite interviews. It was a lot of fun, and it was a guy who nobody gets. So I'm really proud of the fact that we didn't look like kidney stealers. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. He, was, he was willing to talk to us. I think you'll enjoy it. So we'll leave you with that. This has been episode 261 of Misinformation Podcast. Stay tuned for our interview with Michael Cudlitz from The Walking Dead. Uh, with you as always, this is Zach. I'm Eric. Love you. Welcome to the Misinformation Podcast, special misinterview today. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Eric. Uh, with us today, we're really super lucky. Uh, we have Michael Cudlitz. Uh, you know him as Sergeant Abraham Ford from uh, The Walking Dead, a little show that's doing pretty well. I mean, it's touch and go. I think it might be back next season. Uh, you also seen him. Let's let's go in the Wayback Machine. You've seen him in Buffy. You've seen him on ER. Uh, you've seen him on NYPD Blue. Uh, you've seen him on Lost. Uh, he's been on every television show ever made. It's a lot of them. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Uh, Should we tell him who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Cutlitz. You didn't tell him who yeah, I was. Yeah, I absolutely did. Did he? Yes, I would not have done that to you. Yeah. I feel like you didn't. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> so, Demar- But we can go back and look. Uh, <laughs> no. We can. We can. Uh, also with us today is Michael Cutlitz. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's one of my favorites. How'd you get him? Uh, uh, there's begging. There's begging, exactly. and I had to let him punch me right in the mouth. Twice. So, yeah, I'm a little Twice. sore today. He doesn't know about the second punch. It's yeah. coming. That's the one that comes at the end of the closer. Yeah, that's exactly. the one that sells the that's tickets. That's the exclamation point. Uh, first time in Des Moines? You've been here before? First time in Des Moines. Yeah. What do you think? I uh, dig it. Um, yeah. It's becoming sort of very clear why uh, why the presidential uh, process starts here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a cool mix of uh, uh, small town meets big city. Um, someone was describing it yesterday to me. They said it's kind of like a, a, a little town in the middle of nowhere right next to everything. Yeah. I was kind of like, oh, it, it kind of is. So, um, no, everybody has been, been fantastic. It's like, uh, I feel like I'm in Canada. <laughs> I think it's a little cleaner in Canada than that, yeah. Uh, yeah, went to Zombie Burger, yeah? I went to Zombie Burger. I ate myself. How was yes, it? Yes, as it, as it were. Yeah. Um, it was good. Yeah. It was real good. Yeah. We're pretty proud of that place. Really yeah, very cool. We, uh, we, anytime anybody comes to the, anywhere in the area, we're like, you got to go to Zombie Burger. Yeah. Now, we don't normally say go to Zombie Burger and get a burger named after you. Yeah, no, no. It was cool. Yeah. I guess uh, they, did, they did a little promotion in conjunction with the, uh, with the uh, convention, but uh, it was cool. I mean, that, you know, it was me and it was uh, my burger. And yeah. uh, it, was very, uh, it was very Sergeant Abraham Ford. We were and talking. We were talking on the way over here that there's a lot of cool things that uh, that go along with being a celebrity. But I think having food named after you is top ten. It's pretty epic. Yeah, yeah it's up there with uh, getting an action figure, which, yeah. which is in itself a very cool, very bizarre thing. Um, but uh, I would not trade it for anything. They're uh, and they're they're priced high out there. You should feel good. Are they? Yeah, they're they, moving. Yeah, the four, they're the moving them. They're, huh? uh, they're uh, you know you get a, you got the I bought a Michonne's uh, zombie pet. For yep. like five bucks, I wasn't yep. getting an Abraham Ford for five bucks. Yeah, no, that, uh, they were a no. little, a little bit more, a little sweet in the deal on that yep. on that one. Uh, uh, Band of Brothers uh, is probably the word epic gets thrown around a lot because of the internet, yep. um, but it was an epic story. Yes. Um, can you talk about how much that particular project meant to you? Like, was it something special or was it just another job? No, I'm gonna, you're going to have to go back up and repeat that because I was distracted okay. by what she was saying sure, on top. Sure. I thought you were talking about one thing, and then I was like, no. He's, that can't be talking about that, about that question. No, Band of, Band of Brothers. Yes. Um, you know, they toss around the world. We're an epic. 
She hates us. She hates us. We're coming to you live <laughs> from the uh, convention center where Wizard World is hosting its first ever Comic-Con in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Go meet your family, kid. Um, no, it's Sean Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery oh. from Boondock Saints. <laughs> so you really were listening. No, yeah, it's not. Yesterday, I was a kid go meet your family when they kept coming over the thing. It was like, it was like Tim Duncan, see your uncle at the front door now. Yeah. It was like, that is not a lost kid. That's a, that's an in trouble kid. And he's probably going to get an ass whipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Because of the scope of Band of Brothers, it had to have been something special yeah. for you, right? Yeah. Um, now, when you're dealing with something, it's obviously bigger than a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you get to work with uh, with a group of guys. Did you guys know how special it was when you were making it? I, um, no. Yeah. No, I think you know, you're like, okay, it's Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks for HBO. It's, it's, that's cool. I want to work with Steven. I want to work with Tom. Right. You don't even know what the material is at that point. You know, until you start reading and doing the research and the history, and you realize, okay, these are actual men who actually serve based on a book that tells their actual story. And, you know, the whole thing, you realize uh, the importance of it, not only historically, but with the families and, you know, the precious stories that you're telling. It sort of takes on a life of its own. And you're, 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 you're not really aware of what it means until you're very deep into it. And then even then, you think you have an understanding. And when you come out the other side and you see what it's done to the families, how it's brought them closer, and these, these men were able to share things with their family that they never were. You know, there's tons of stories about the old footlocker coming out and, all the uniforms and the stories and the guys start contacting their buddies and really started opening up to each other after the show was done because let's face it it's, it's kind of the last time in history you can you can feel however you want about about war or about conflict or how things should be solved and whatever your politics are it, you can pretty much everyone can agree that that was like Hitler was bad <laughs> so it really it really is like a good versus evil type question and it's the last time it's been sort of that cut and dry historically speaking with any sort of conflict sure because depending upon where you are and what your politics are and what your belief systems are um, all other wars are really differences of opinion where this was truly evil this was a man, someone who was exterminating people who was sort of taking you know like a, a Conquest, like he was going to have everybody speaking German, and you know, basically folding into his way of thinking in, in the entire world. And it's like, yeah, it's not really going to happen. You know, bad plan, buddy, yeah. or maybe a good plan but poor, poor execution. Right, right. Now, now the the characters were based on real people. Yeah, was was were all of them was Bull a guy that? Yeah, Denver Denver Bull Randleman, it's Denver Randleman, um, was alive, uh, and he. I met him and his his family. I got close with him and his family, uh, his son, his daughter, and his wife, um, and they passed after. They're, they're all passed now. Uh, no one in his immediate family is living right now, um, and um, he he lived for I think four years after the show was done. He started doing uh, school tours where he'd go and talk to the kids and stuff about what he'd done and this guy doesn't talk about anything in real life and he was talking about you know, things that, that he definitely would not have talked about because he, he knew the importance of it to, you know, to share with the kids he got to see his story told yeah. then yeah. we did when I was I went to Iowa State and majored in theater and we told the story of 13 World War II veterans from Iowa and awesome. 12 out of the 13 were still alive oh, and got to see that show come to fruition it yeah. was it was special. Yeah, no, you, know, you so, can't. It's, these are amazing men. All these guys are just amazing. And I don't think any any you know, and, I've never, and they'll be the first ones to say this. this is why I always say that. You know, any any anybody going to war for what they believe in and willing to fight and die for their buddies and their countries and their beliefs, it's they're amazing. They're amazing people. You know, to really put that in. And they would say the same thing. They said the same thing about the, the young men and women who, who were in the most recent conflicts. They'll be the first ones to go, look, we did what we had to do. They're doing what they had to do. We, you know, they you know, they'd call it the greatest generation. We look back, we call them the greatest generation. But they're the first ones to sort of say, no, we're not. You know, no, we're not. We're, we did what we had to do, just like everybody does what they have to do. I've so heard, I've heard whatever, you, whatever you take from that, that's, you know, I think I've it's heard an individual a lot of thing. But say, uh, we had a job. We had yeah. a job to do. Yeah. Did that job. Well, a lot of the guys, you know, not to, and this takes nothing away from a lot of the guys were like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to get drafted anyway. I may as well go do the most badass thing that gets paid more, you know. And they were going, I'm going to jump out of planes and fight. Hell yeah, sign me up. You know, they were like, you know, they were, they were badass dudes. You know, they were like, 
the guys you didn't want to mess with in high school. Like, you know? like so Abraham Ford. Yeah, they're like, we want to take care of business. <laughs> Go to Germany and kill some Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like their, that was their thing, you know. Awesome. Well, you got a lot of people waiting to meet you. Awesome. Um, Real quick, last last question. Um, Boxers, boxer briefs. Actually, I go commando. I'm sorry, see, but go I believe, ahead. I what was your question? Uh, <laughs> uh, Enough about me. What, what was your question? Favorite project. Uh, favorite projects would be shared. Um, and Walking Dead's creeping into that. Yeah. But it, it was uh, favorite project would be projects would be. Uh, Vander Brothers and Southland. Uh, Southland because of the, the character, and, and for, just from a personal standpoint, the work that was given to me by the writers and the creators uh, was phenomenal as an actor. Uh, Vander Brothers because of the impact it's had worldwide, um, and to be part of history like that, and the way that the, the show was executed. Um, and The Walking Dead because it's just a friggin' blast. Yeah, yeah. completely it's, different than the other two. We're having fun watching it too, yeah. so thank you for that. Thank great. you. Thank Absolutely. you for this. Thanks oh, for, for coming on and being on, no our, on our show. Thank you. Oh, you're a great guy, man. Right. Thanks. Good appreciate work. it. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Right. You too. Take care. Thank you. Pretty much everyone can agree that Hitler was bad. You've just heard the misinformation theme song, Hostile You, by the Matt Lees Band. Thanks for listening.